And now, Touch My Bass Productions presents The Shootout with Bill Lynch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Wrestling Shootout, the very first wrestling podcast of the year 2018. I am your host, Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard, and this is the opening for the third season. That's right, wrestling fans, the third season of the Wrestling Shootout. I want I want to take this time and opportunity and thank all the great independent professional wrestling fans, wrestling fans, period, whatever you want to call you, fight fans, wrestling fans. Guys, this show would not be possible but with you guys. I'm proud to announce the fact that I have kicked Fury's Corner, I have kicked other podcast is all the freaking air and the shootout is still going strong in the third straight season and tonight ladies and gentlemen I don't quite know who my um special guest is going to open up this, this new year but I guess that's some problems with a man booking the show the owner of Touch My Bass and CEO of Touch My Bass Productions Christopher Dickens Chris I, I see you here tonight dude what we got yeah. man what's, what's up dude oh. I bite you at my house I gave you a good steak steak and shrimp dinner all the trimmings. Good too. I've got Clash of Champions one on the air. Got Ice yeah. Cold Dr. Pepper. About to watch Sting versus Ric Flair. But come on, dude. I'm ready to do some shootout. What's up? Well, you said you wanted the guest of all time, right? The greatest guest of all time. Well, he's here. I want the biggest name, the best grounded pound, the greatest submission wrestler of all time. I he's want here. him here tonight. He's here. Where is he? Is he in the bathroom or something? No, he's sitting down, actually. Chris, I've already got like five or six episodes of you. I told you we're going to do yours every five episodes. We're going to do one and finish your story, okay? Not me. It's not me. Okay, what we got, boss? Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Dickens here, the owner, producer, and the man solely responsible, along with Bill Blanchard over here, for making sure the shootout airs and... It's been a phenomenal ride, but you made a statement a while back that when you get past a certain amount of episodes, you wanted to do something special. That's correct. I want to do something special, man. Okay. We have hit about 32 episodes, if I'm not mistaken. That's a milestone. 33, something like that. That's yeah. a milestone when it comes to TMB. That's a lot. Okay. So, in hindsight of that, I am taking over as the host of the shootout. Oh, really? For this episode. Okay. I was going to be here be- watching and listening. Because <laughs> we we are going to have a special episode. We are going to sit down and interview the man, the only man who can claim that he was undefeated in the early days of the AWF. We're going to sit down and talk to the man who can claim that he made another man tap out on top of Mount Fuji. We're going to sit down with a man who has stared diversity in the eye and come out fighting. We're going to sit down and talk with the man whose shadows of the heart drive him to greatness. We are going to sit down and talk with the survivor of pain, Bill Blanchard. I'm waiting for this, boss. So you happy now? I'm yeah, excited, you're excited man. Now? I'm pumped up. I'm fired up, baby. I can cut the electricity with a night, dude. It's the irresistible force with the unmovable object. I'm ready for it now, man. You Hit are the it. special guest tonight, and I am going to be hitting you with the questions. So dude, let's I'm go ready, ahead. Man. Let's hey, go I'm ahead and get it started. 
Hashtag, brother. I got it. Let's do it. Hashtag shootout, okay? Ah, Let's go ahead and get things rolling off the right way. Let's do it. We all know, because you're the host of this podcast. Yes. Except for tonight. (laughs) And the next one. That you you have a... You've been like my co-host, too, at times. but, But you have a love for professional wrestling... As well as a love for, you know, any combat sport, mixed martial arts, uh, boxing. boxing. Yes. But your passion falls with professional wrestling. Well, let me, let me clarify that if I could. Okay. It, it, it does. I do have a passion for professional wrestling, but I think my true heart does go in real fighting sports. You know, I I, I enjoy Greco-Roman grappling, shoot-style wrestling. I love the idea of breaking your opponent down and making him submit. You know, I don't think there's nobody uh, in the areas even come close to what I've accomplished as far as that yeah, goes. And, and so I'm very, very passionate about that. I love professional wrestling, okay? I grew up with it. Okay, so but, what what I want to know and what okay. the fans want to know is how did you gain this love affair with professional wrestling? Where did it begin for you? Everybody has their own tale of a certain point in time they saw a certain match or they saw a certain event and they became uh, instant fans. Where did it begin with you? I have got to honestly, godly say, honestly, here, uh, if I could put a point it, I mean, I, I, I grew up watching, you know, Rocky Balboa, you know, the Italian style, okay? Mm-hmm. I remember watching Rocky take on this wrestler, Thunder Lips, you know, and, and later on, I found out this guy was Hulk Hogan. I watched MTV, you see, when they were promoting WrestleMania 1. When I was like maybe six or seven years old, I'm watching Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, training hard, saying prayers, eating your vitamins, going down the streets, beating up thugs, and getting ready to take on Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. You know, that was kind of cool. You know, then then you hear about this big old massive giant, this this humongous man, Andre the Giant, is going to step in with Hulk Hogan. You know, my eyes kind of got big, the sight of these two guys. But, but... When I became a diehard wrestling fan, you know, like every, um, like that, that that first drew my eye, but like, okay, you watch Saturday morning wrestling, the superstars are wrestling, you know, you see Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura open it up, so I'm trying to find more wrestling. Then my uncles tuned me into NWA on Saturday night, which later became WCW Saturday night at 6.05 on the Superstation, TBS, you know. And I'm seeing the likes of Nature Boy Ric Flair. I'm seeing the Road Warriors. I'm seeing the Steiner Brothers. I'm seeing the Skyscrapers, okay. I'm seeing Sting, a man they call Sting. And then they were showing, I guess it was the closing moments of a pay-per-view, but they are showing a rerun recap of it. I think it was... um, I think it was the Great American Bash 1989. I was nine years old. I didn't quite turn 10 years old yet, right? But it was a match where Ric Flair took on Terry Funk for the NWA world title. Flair was defending champion. Well, long story short, at the end of the match, you know, Gary Hart gets involved. The great mood is in the ring. They're all beating up Flair. Jim Ross was commentating, right? I can hear Jim Ross scream, Hit Sting! Here comes Sting! Sting comes to the ring and just kind of saves the day. And you see Sting and Flair tear Funk and Muda apart all over the arena. And I'm seeing Sting and Ric Flair, you know, doing a woo and a You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, my God, dude. As a, as a nine-year-old kid, I was jumping all over the room. I'm getting all excited. And, you know, then, then eventually my mom came to the ring and tear my butt up for being too excited. You know, that's where it got started, was that moment right there with Ric Flair, Terry Funk, the Great Buddha, and Sting. 
That's when I knew then there. I love this. I live for it every Saturday night, Saturday morning, Friday night. I would stay up till 11 o'clock at night, Friday night on the Power Hour on TBS. Get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. They do it. They'll show it again, the Power Hour, right? Then at 9 o'clock in the morning, they will have Superstars of Wrestling. Then at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, ABC, you have Worldwide Wrestling with Tony Schiavone. And then you had 6.05 that night. You know, NWS has WCW Saturday night. Dude, Saturday was my day of wrestling. The only day I was allowed to watch it at the time. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think anybody realizes that there's nothing like that anymore when nothing it comes like to, at all. to professional wrestling. I mean, we no. got the WWE Network. We Which have, is great. Um, I love it. You know, fact, we got wrestling and Ric Flair on right now. No, yeah. I got to buy him down, but hell, it matches up. Yep. Go ahead, boss man. But, but uh, uh, you know... It's a funny story, you know. You say you got started with that, and that that is a that is a pinnacle match to get started on because just a few short years later on down the road at Harlem High School, right? You know, there was a petition going around to start a wrestling team. I I know you and uh, you and you know Jake Arganis, Ben Hill, Anna Luke, Chris Williams, Chip Williams, all them guys. We actually started, me and some of my friends actually started maybe a year or two prior to before you guys got to go. I was a freshman and sophomore. Me and my friend Billy Jackson Bullard and Joe Perez, you know, we're big fans of uh, wrestling, period. He was the first guy that really taught me how about all about submission was uh, through him. Mm-hmm. I give all my credit to Billy Jackson Bullard who taught me about submission in the first place, you know. We had, we'll be at his place in a barn and we'll, we'll be taking on fights from everybody, from Jonathan Boyd, Jonathan Sequentes, uh Brian Warner. You know, just name a few. We'd be out there fighting. Joe Perez, Thomas Closet, you know, Jimmy Clatt was there. You know, so we actually took a petition at the time trying to get something going. About and then you guys, I think you guys came in a couple of years later and you guys started. Craziest thing about it was they got a hockey team, but they wouldn't do a wrestling <laughs> they had, they team. Had a team. <laughs> and, and, and they had a golf team. And they had a golf team. It's funny. They wouldn't have an amateur wrestling when team. We did the po- when we did the, um, the petition, we got the amount of signatures. We presented it to... Um, you know, uh, Mr. It was a Hemphill, I think it was. Hemphill, Buddy Henry, uh, Buddy Henry Griffin, you know, uh, even Coach Fox. I took it to Coach Fox. Yeah. I took it to uh, Coach Morris, Coach Utley. Anybody that would be willing to listen to who, 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 who well, did Jim like wrestling but couldn't get the proof from the school board, which I found out later to be bogus because Lakeside High had a wrestling team. They didn't have, they had claimed that Harlem High wasn't big enough to have a wrestling team. But funny, I think nowadays Harlem High does have a wrestling they team. They do have a wrestling team. <laughs> but um, let's let's go back to the, the where this is going. You know, the, the, the petition went around, and we we know that nothing came to fruition for it. But it was around this time that you ended up in the same classroom as somebody else, and you discovered had a similar interest that you do. Omar Force. Omar Forbes, but also Mass Fury, the man who never wore a mask. Well, the, the, go, how I met go, the man that never wore a mask. We hear that's how, what, that's we hear what we want to hear. How did I get started? This is, this is leading into how did you come into AWF? And, and well, we all know it started by meeting <laughs> the the man who didn't wear a mask. <laughs> you go know, ahead and go you, into you, that full you, story. You, you 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 might laugh, but before I met the man who didn't wear a mask, I met the guy that you, would, would later be known as 
the legend, the fire to the end. I remember seeing you, you may not remember this, but I remember seeing you in Miss Simpson's technology class. I would like coming into class after you or before you. You always had some, you always act like you were kind of stuck up or something, but you know, a guy named Derek Morris, I think his name was, you know. I remember you. Derek. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I don't know, you were one of Miss Simpson's one of promising technology students at the time. You know, I, I, I remember actually laying eyes on you first before. I laid eyes on. Uh, well, well, go on, go into that. I mean, what, what did, you know? Because I don't remember it. You don't remember? Well, we saw each other in passing. You always yeah. had some weird look in your face. I didn't. I didn't say hey to you. I didn't even acknowledge. I didn't. You know, uh, I knew Derek. Derek was a big wrestling fan. We were actually would wrestle in this uh, Simpsons classroom. But, but to answer your question and how I got started, how I met the man that didn't wear a mask. Um, <laughs> um. We were in the same math class, Mr. Nelson's math class. And understand this, Mr. Nelson looked just like Chris Benoit. He's a, he's a Canadian. You know, he, he was a Canadian, you know. Um, um, I don't know if he was from Edmonton or not, but I remember he, he was from Canada, you know. Uh, real nice guy, real nice guy. Anyways, day before, you know, I just bought me the wolf pack. And there's, there's, during the height of the Nitro Wars in 1998, okay? Yeah. I was pro WCW, okay. I was loyal to Nitro all the way to the end, to, to the ship went down, okay. But I just bought the wolf, the new Wolfpack shirt. We had Kevin Nash, Conan, Sting, Lex Luger, and the Macho Man, right? And I'm walking in the classroom. I remember just turning out either my homework, whatever assignment it was. I turn around, I'm seeing this kind of chubby kid in his desk who had Degeneration X shirt on. <laughs> and I look one hell, he turns, he looks at me, he's like, man, dude, I want your shirt. I said, I kind of said a B word, but boy, I just bought this shirt. You ain't getting this shirt, you know. And he was like, so you're a Russell fan? I said, all my life. And we're all saying, we sat down and before I knew it, we're talking about every match we've seen or, you know, that's how we got talking. You know, he was actually more WWF. I was WCW. Not that he didn't watch WCW, not that he didn't watch WWF, because I was a big, huge uh you know, I was a follower of Brett the Hitman Hart in his career, same thing with Hulk Hogan and stuff. But um yeah, I mean that, that's how I got started. You know? And then when he first now you wanna know how how I got started with AWF or Yeah. How how did how did coming into AWF happen for you? Everybody else has their own tale of uh, of how they met Chris Dickens and was introduced in AWF, but you didn't meet Chris Dickens first. No, I didn't. You, you say you did, but when I mean, passing, I didn't actually. Okay, what? No, Bill Blanchard meet Chris, Chris Dickens. No, I just saw uh, you in passing. Okay, and after I met you, it's like, oh yeah, I knew this guy. Or, or, but no, I knew of you. Your introduction into the AWF come well, shortly after AWF's birth. Dude, I want to set the record straight on something, okay? I know all about and you and Jay for years have always given me funny looks. About the original four, the founding forefathers of AWF, which was Ben Hill, Chris Williams, and uh, you, Chris Diggins, and Jay Gargans. I said, I said, by yeah. Ben Hill, Chris Williams, Jay Gargans, and Chris Diggins. Yeah. Y'all were the original, and, and I understand it and I respect it. But before there was AWF, there was BFCW. I created a fight promotion in January 1999. It really started, I should say, October 98. First time I ever tried was October 1998 at uh, in Harlem at Billy Jackson's uh, Billy Bullard Billy Jackson Bullard's uh, barn. You know, it was kind of like a, you know, we we kind of created our own little boxing ring inside there. We put on the gloves and we went at it. Got the idea from the uh, WWE's brawl for all, right? Right. Combination of boxing slash wrestling with a little bit of MMA, right? 
And it was kind of cool, dude. It was like, we call it Brawl for All Championship Wrestling, BFCW, okay? When we were having fights there and everything, then you know, when I mentioned this, um, you know, Mask Fury, the, you know, the, the guy that didn't wear a mask, um, <laughs> that's what he told me. He said, oh, my name is Mask Fury. Do you wear a mask? No. I'm like, huh, interesting. <laughs> now, why are you calling yourself Mask Fury? Well, the idea is, is the mask comes on when the bell starts, and then I just kick ass. Okay. I didn't do that. Christopher, to be honest with you, after that conversation, I did not take that man seriously at all. He looked like Humpty Dumpty with hair. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, I mean, seriously, that's what I heard. I don't know what what his first impression of me was. My first impression of him, Humpty Dumpty with hair, with the man didn't wear a mask. Yeah. You know, but anyway, like I said, you know, and so when I started, you know, I, I, I asked him over the house, my, my friend Joe Perez, um, uh, we went to his place actually, and we I created a belt, I made a freaking belt, and called the, the Brawl for All, you know, championship, you know, championship belt, and we went three, we went a couple of rounds, you know, it was kind of weird things where he got me in the face a few times, I hit him, I took him down. My God, Chris, it was like one of those things, it was based on points, right? How many strikes and how many takedowns and how many holds you can hold on mm-hmm. in a certain amount of time. Like one round might be five minutes and the round might be five minutes and then it goes to a third round, then it goes to a judge's decision, right? Well, we were we were going at it toe-to-toe, but I took this guy down repeatedly. If he got me in the face, I took him right down to the ground. Takedown for takedown. And then Joe, being Joe at the time, who's a martial art expert, I want to throw out there, and a gymnastics expert, you know, he was rough for his last judge. When he tried to sit there and say, oh, I don't know who won, man. Maybe I should call it a draw. And I'm like, hell no, you pick your freaking winner. I was being real persistent about it. Cause I was kind of like, what do you mean you can't pick a winner? He's like, well, fine. Let me pick a winner. Fine, I'll pick a winner. Boom, Jay wins. I'm like, are you kidding me? I took this guy down how many freaking times? He wins the freaking match. Yeah, Bill, get over it. He wins. And of course, Jay grabs Bill, put the belt right in front of me. I'm the champion. I'm like, okay, okay. Cool. So the very next week, I challenged him to a Iron Man brawl for all challenge, and I was gonna have two referees and two two judges, right? Yeah. Which would be my friend Jimmy Clyde. I, I grew up with him. I I grew up with both Jimmy and Joe, right? Knew since yeah. kindergarten. Anyways, um, you know, Jimmy was uh Jimmy was gonna be in my corner. Joe was gonna be in Jay's corner, but both are gonna be judges slash referees. And Iron Man, man. Now keep this. Now God, wish we had cameras back then. Keep this in mind, Chris. Ten minutes around. Yep. The minute or whoever wins, whoever wins four rounds, kind of like a road series, best out of seven, right? With ten minutes each, ten minutes each match or ten minutes around. Okay. Whoever wins four rounds wins. So the minimum, the bare minimum, it would go for 40 minutes, right? right? But if it goes the full seven rounds, it would have gone 70 minutes, okay? Now, it's one of those things. Now, when I first locked up with him, I tried to do a double leg takedown. I remember grabbing him by the waist, and he just dropped and yanked my left arm back. I laid on my shoulder, and he just yanked my freaking arm back. About near both my arm and took my arm on my socket. Mm-hmm. I screamed bloody murder, but the dude let go. You know, I get back up, I shake it right off, and dude, we went at it. Throwing strikes and knee strikes and punch strikes. I was taking him down, taking him down, taking him down. And despite that one blow, I took him down like 10-something times, according to Jimmy and Joe. So I won the first round. 
and I won the second round, okay? Going in the third round, we were going, we were going at back and forth the third round, but I still won three rounds straight. Now we've got to go into the fourth round, okay? Now, the, the controversy here at this part, we were going at it back and forth, back and forth. I can hear Jimmy saying, if you take him down three more times, you want to win the round. Dude, I took him down three more freaking times. I was so, I, I learned, that is when, okay, you ever heard, Baptism under fire. Yeah. You ever heard of match where they say this is where you got dig down deep, you got to find a little extra something? That was the out. match I first experienced that in. Where I'm winded, I'm hurt, I'm sore, you know. That's when I just kinda like close my eyes. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm on the ground at this point, right? I kinda close my eyes and I'm looking for that little something extra inside that, that drilling rush, and all of a sudden I just stood my green, I was like, ah, let's get some, you know, and fear is like, oh crap. And I went right for him. Boy, I picked his ass up and slammed him to the ground. Yeah, I'm all over him, right? Then, boom, the bell rang. I'm thinking, yes, I won. Jimmy was like, yeah, he should have won. Joe's like, well, I don't know. So, Jay's on the ground, flouting his ass after it was over. I'm still kind of pacing. And I'm talking to, you know, Jimmy and Joe are talking. And they came to us like, look, Bill won three rounds. The, the, the fourth round, it was so, kind of so close, we think it might be a draw. So, I said, I'll tell you what, y'all go into the fifth round. You know, and I could determine the winner. You know, so it was kind of like do or die for Jay. He had to just win the fifth round to go any further. And all I had to do was just hold him off. It went seven minutes before it stopped the match. I was taking him down repeatedly. I picked him up, slam him. We would stand up, go toe-to-toe, punch for punch. And I'd shoot in, I'd shoot in, I'd do a single leg takedown, double leg takedown. Or sometimes I would just pick him up in his air and boom. That last slam knocked all the wind out of his body. And then they end up calling it, and, and then I won. I became the Brawl for All champion again. And that was, it was a problem. It was Iron Man, my first Iron Man match. I competed in, in wrestling. You know, I competed Iron Man in basketball before. That was pretty cool back in 1996. But this this day right now in uh, 1999, you know. So then I uh, I think, um, you know, a few months later, you know, I did mean you fought the Brawl for All. And I'll get to that in a minute. But um, let's talk about this here. Now, AWF, okay. Do you remember the, in the WWF, you know, when they're not raw, when the, the, the Ministry of Darkness came about, Shaman Mankind took over the darkness, but not. Then you had the Union. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I remember that. Well, I guess you know in AWF, you guys had what, Dark Side. Y'all had yeah, FO win. And then weren't you and Jay called DP? No, we actually, we didn't have a name to start with. Um, we went across a couple of names, and at the time, I was trying to be creative. And I watched WWF at the time, so I, I came up with, we were calling ourselves Attitude, uh-huh. because we had an attitude problem. Right, We, we right. were, you know, the, the outcast. Uh, and then, um, I think it was Alan Luke that came up with the name Destructive Powers. Uh, and we were supposed to be the ones that was going to destroy uh, all the big time players. Especially in FON. Yeah, FON was the key target. Because I don't think y'all had total destruction. I think it was just FON and Darkseid were the two main games. Yeah. And then you and Jay, but what I got told was you guys were DP. Yeah, and out of sympathy, powers. according to Jay, Alan had sympathy and gave Jay in charge of DP, but his responsibility was to take care of you. Yeah, that that, that, that was pretty much true. Yeah, pretty much true. Because uh, just just to let everybody know, I mean, you, if you've listened to any of the past pod, um, past shootout episodes where I was featured on them, um, if I was uh, able to get a time machine and go back in time, I whip my own ass for being such a nerd uh, and a geek and a weakling. Um, but yeah, at the time I, I really couldn't stand on my own two feet. So that's what basically what it was. Um, first AWF shows, I was 
beaten seconds, and uh, I was basically the. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But continue on. Um, you 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 end up uh, coming into AWF, and uh, your first experience with AWF, if I remember correctly. Um, the first time you actually come over, it was over at my place. We had a little makeshift ring. It was spring break. It was I spring have my break. cousins now. We, it, it, and, and, um, and, 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 and Tristan, he, Tristan Guilford, Angelo Rodriguez, and Tim Gagner actually showed up. That was, that was at summertime. First time I actually saw it was during spring break. And then I'm kind of looking at a little makeshift ring that you had. You know, I was, you know I'm like, okay. I kind of like, Jay sort of introduced us, but not really. You know, I, when, I, when I first saw you, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're that stuck up punk I saw in technology. <laughs> you know? And um, but 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 the thing is though here here's the thing we're we're in school, you know this right before the end of the school year mm-hmm. okay you and Jay were part of DP you know and Jay was trying to recruit me right and went from one period okay I'll do it yes DP by the end of the day he was down and done because I got recruited by another group myself Eric O'Neill Jonathan Covington. And God, and it was me. It was, it was me, Eric O'Neill, John of the Comet. It was somebody else. My, I want to say it was Billy Bullard. Yeah, maybe it probably was Billy Bullard at the time. The four of us, we were going to be called the Union. We were, we were going to be the guys that was going to kick Darkseid's ass, kick FON's ass, and just thump DP to death. <laughs> you know. And when I told you, Jay, dude, his face went. My God, you want to talk about crying the blues? I guess DP's dead. He looked so freaking depressed, kind of like a kind of like a guy forced to take his sister on a prom date. I mean, <laughs> more like his mom <laughs> or his mom to the prom <laughs> or his cousin. Oh, <laughs> or that girl, the make believe girl. Curse! Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> the girl that didn't wear a dress. What are you doing here? My husband's all. <laughs> I, that's a backstory there. Never mind. Oh yeah, the dude wearing a dress. I remember this story. What's his name? Aaron Gates? He was like that. <laughs> That's messed up. Uh, nothing but love for the man who didn't wear a mask. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> hey, good hit text off by Ric Flair. But we're not talking about Big Knee. Oh, hey, boy, Sting was out of the way. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep I'm sorry, going I'm sorry. forward. I'm keep, I'm keep going forward. Keep going forward. He was walking around saying, man, I guess DP's dead. I guess DP's dead, right? And yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna go with it though. Now, I, I I guess at the time, you know, me and Eric and, and Jonathan Covington and, and the Billy Bullard, and, and even Jimmy Clatt was kind of involved. We didn't take AWF seriously. We really didn't. We never been to a show. We got we guys would always talk about it in school or whatnot. And of course, you know, everybody knew what was going on in wrestling at the time. Okay, keep in mind, you know, between '98 and 1999, you know, you had the NWO, yeah. the Big Double Cross, and the Wolfpack, and all that kind of stuff. You know, eventually the West Texas Rednecks. Of course, mm-hmm. in the, the WS side, you had Degeneration and Exonation Domination. Versus Vince McMahon. I mean, uh, the, the, the big game wars, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know the, the, the big game wars. Degeneration, yeah. Versus the Nation. That's what I'm talking about. That's what the, that's what FO1 and Dark Side and DP and the Union was going to turn into. You know, the other Ministry of Darkness, whatever, against the Union was all the full horsemen against the NWL, all that stuff that was going on at the time, the gang warfare, right, and right. wrestling. You know, and because like, I've always said before, you know, in the late 90s and early late 90s was like the best time to be a wrestling fan. It really was. I mean, everybody had their following. Everybody was a fan of somebody. And you, you, you were either in this guy's camp or you were in this guy's camp, you know, and it was just kind of, it was really cool how that was really working out. But this is what, this is what happened, Okay. School was ending, right? I then graduated. I went on my senior trip in Myrtle Beach. Blah, blah, freaking blah. You know, it's like the first week in June. Maybe the second week in June. 
if I remember correctly, 1999. I'm getting ready for work, okay? I'm going to work at Food Line, do my thing, whatnot, you know, try to figure out what I'm going to do the rest of my life. But anyways, I get a phone call, you know, from Jay Garganis, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, Bill, what are you doing? Like, I'm getting ready for work, dude. I got to work a couple hours. Is there any way you could come over to Chris's place? Why? Dude, I need a referee. I'm like, okay, what's what's going on, you know? I get a match, and I'm about to wrestle a guy named Chris Williams and Chris's health, and, and I hear dark sides coming, man. Please. Okay, bro. All right, I'll I'll go check it out. You know, hell, I don't got my little food line uniform, whatnot, jump my car up to your place. I'm like, man, okay, I'm curious, you know, what the hell? You know, I, I'm not really hung out with none of you guys before, right? But, dude... I got there, and again, I saw your makeshift of a ring you had, you know, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And, 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 and folks, positions. keep in mind, it was just four wooden posts and string. It, and was, a it was hose pipe at one point. It was hose pipe at one point. <laughs> or it several times positions. it was hose pipes. It changed positions from the last time you were there. Yeah, it did change positions. It wasn't like the same spot, you know. So I'm seeing Chris Williams, you know, I'm seeing Jay, you know, and then the man that didn't rest, wear a mask, mask, you know. And I think Chris Williams was called Grimstone at the time, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, something like that. You know, and then, you know, I'm sitting there watching, and the next thing you know, I hear, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, here is your soon-to-be hardcore champion of the world! I'm like, who the hell is that? And here I see a black dude, which was Tristan Guilford, he had D'Angelo, and you had Tim. And Jay was like, this is why I want you to hear, Chris is, take is bringing his, uh, his, oh, I'm sorry, Grimstone is bringing his goons. Yeah, they're gonna jump me and Chris. I'm like, okay, Jay, I'm here. You know, at the same time, too, I, I wasn't taking this very, very seriously. Right. I really, really wasn't, you know. And this was actually my first official AWF show, right? So, like, when D'Angelo and, and, and Tristan and uh, and Tim Gagner all got there, and then somehow, it ended up being a what, fatal four-way. All of a sudden, it was you and Chris versus Chris Williams and Tristan. Was it for the hardcore time? Me and Jay. You and, I was like, yeah, you and Jay. Versus Chris Williams and Tristan Guilford. And it, was for hard, it was for a hardcore title. It was for the hardcore title. Right off the bat, I think Tank just threw you out the ring. Boom. Yeah. And it turned into a one-on-one on Jay. I remember Jay saying his, his ankle was messed up and everybody don't mess with my ankle. Well, Tank ended up, Tristan ended up getting Jay on the ground. Have, it looked like, like a, like a reverse, uh, reverse uh, chin lock. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. More like a reverse um, sleeper hole. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Almost like a Kimura choke. And then Tristan Guilford had uh, Jay's ankles. He was trying to freaking twist it. As much as Chris Williams was twisting Jay's ankle and, and Tristan Guilford had a good chokehold on Jay, he would not submit. He was screaming in pain. But at the same time, I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling it now, okay? But me being a referee for that match, I stopped it. Jay could not tell you defenders that he was going to get his ankle snapped. You know, Jay was eliminated. And crazy enough, when, when Tristan Guilford let him go and Tank uh, Chris Williams let Jay go, Jay freaking stood right up and chased Chris Williams outside the ring. Jay had literally snapped. That was the first time I, one of the first and few and only times I saw that man be what he says he was, Fury. And hopefully on this podcast that I explain why you, you didn't always get Fury. You always got some, my my opinion, a poor excuse of a wrestler. And I'll, I'll I'll explain why later in this podcast. Right. But, yeah, well, you, you want to ask another question from there? Are you, are you, are you good? But, like, I, I will say this on, on a final note. I was in at that point. I'm full-fledged in. I'm with you. And I'm with Chris. And now I, see, now I see two guys are fighting for a cause. 
You guys are fighting for y'all right to be able to compete in this sport. Y'all fighting for your right to be able to do this wrestling thing. Now, keep in mind here, this is not sports entertainment. This was not pro wrestling. This was real shoot fighting. This was shoot wrestling. This was like amateur submission style wrestling. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris. You guys told me it was supposed to be sports entertainment at first, but like guys like Ben Hill, who didn't want to give up the bell, said, no, y'all got to beat me for real. And that's when it yeah. came real. But now, it was supposed to be just like what we saw on television. We were supposed to do the entertainment, the, the you know, predetermined matches. And, uh, yeah, the first show we had, Ben Hill wanted to be the champion. And when we tried to eliminate it, it's like, you're supposed to go out. No, you got to beat me for real. And that's what it turned into. It became what it was supposed to be if we were to do it at Harlem High School. Grapple wrestling, Greco-Roman style. And that's what it turned into. And at, from that point forward, myself and uh, Mr. Garganis, you know, the man who didn't wear a mask, um, we, uh, we were pretty much outcast. And we were fighting for our ability to stay in. Uh, me more so than him. He was more accepted than I was. I was literally fighting everybody. Uh, when I got told by you, yeah. you were known as the skinny little kid who... And I didn't want to believe it at first. When I first saw you, I'm like, oh, God, he can't be that bad, you know? And everyone for you as the skinny guy, the skinny guy, everybody wanted to beat up, you know? Yep. When it's kind of like, if you, not not trying to praise the honky-tonk man, but the terminology of the honky-tonk man, he was such a good heel because everybody in the arena knew they could kick his ass. And he would hate when he would finally somehow win. And he looked at you knowing everybody could kick your ass and everybody wanted to fight you. I was the easy target. You I were was the easy, easy target. Winner. If you don't make yourself feel good, hell, book a match against Dickie and, and the, you could beat him up. Yeah. You know, it's a conference builder. I hated that, but I'm just kind of like, oh, we're going to change this. Yeah. So, we're going to change this. So let's roll out of that and roll into our next part, which is you come in, you see me and Jay, and you're, you're hooked. Summer of 2000. 99, bro. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Summer of 1999. That's where I want to be. <laughs> sorry. I'm trying to jump the gun, guys. Summer of 1999. You show up over at Jay's place, and a certain bond was made that night. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Won't you get into the story? It was actually. It, for you? it was actually the same night of that fight. I went to work, right, and I got off, and I called. I called him. I called. You know, I called Jay. to see was still. And guys, I want to explain something here. You know, me and Jay have a brotherly love hate relationship, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay. Now, when I saw, I called him up that night, I went, I, I went to his house, and he was, believe it or not, dude, he was in his room playing with his little wrestling action figures. Yes. <laughs> I'm not laughing at it, because, uh, but, but it, it, you know, I, I know a lot of guys who did that in their uh, adolescent years and teenagers, but go ahead and continue on. Sorry. Well, he was trying, he was trying, The Rock was trying to smack down on Bret Hart, and yet Barry Windham trying to school him old school style. That's what whatever story he was trying to tell me at the yeah, time. <laughs> and and I told him how fired up I was. It's like I saw baptism under fire all over again. Okay? And we went for a drive, you know. And this song just came out the two thousand anthem. Yeah, by Silver Chair. By Silver Chair, right? And we were probably on Bobby Jones Expressway at this point. And we're listening to the song, we'll make it up to you in the year 2000. And then song. Jay said, DP 2000. 
And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Got a little Daniel Bryan going here. Yes. I was just kind of like, my God, that works. That's perfect. It's new and it's improved. DP 2000. And we had a freaking mission. The next day, Chris, we went to your house. We picked you up and we went for the fucking walk. The mother of all walks, the biggest walk. We we that was the beginning of our journey into our manhood. I mean, I, yeah. I I'm I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna bullshit lie to you. We were walking around with Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, it was Martha's Vineyard right off of uh right off of um uh was it um Catherine oh, Robinson Avenue. Robinson Avenue. Yeah. Yeah, before the construction grounds were made. They built all those homes in that area. Yeah, they took. They had already made the road and everything, but there was nothing developed there. Nothing developed yet, right? We were, you know, walking. We were talking. We were doing all this stuff. And we were talking about how many times some of us have got beaten up, how many times our girlfriends have ripped our hearts out. And, and it's one of those things where, like, this this was the started, you know. Like, I was going through suicide and depression, okay? You know, the woman I love was, you know, was, was starting, was probably going to start going up with my best friend, a guy who taught me how to fight, a guy who taught me how to stood up to guys and kick their fucking asses instead of running away from them. You know, a guy who I thought I looked at as a mentor, an older brother, one who took care of me. Okay. I'll talk about Billy Jackson Bullard, you know, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, me and him are not even friends anymore. You know, the love of my life has just took off and left. And it was just like, I was such, I was so lost. And when I met you and I met Christopher, it gave me something to believe in. Here I am seeing a guy who used to be me three or four years ago. A guy who was skinny, who was a whim, got picked on all by his friends, who got no respect none whatsoever. So I wanted to do to you what Billy did to me. The only difference was I was never going to betray you. Not for some stupid And to this broad. day, he still hasn't. No. No, I have not. You know, you've been like my kid brother ever since then. And I, and I like to think that I looked out for you. I took care of you. I want to teach you how to fight, how to stand your own ground. You know, and I want to do the same thing for Jay. It was almost like we took our vows and became brothers. That we're not going to let no one talk shit about us. We weren't going to let nobody come in our circle and destroy us. We weren't going to let no damn broad get in between our friendship. You know what I'm saying? We took freaking vows. And it all started with united we stand, divided we fall. And he who sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. And that was the bond. My God, I could. The fire, the electricity I felt when that happened, man. It's almost like, and we all had goals. Your goal was was to get back at Tim Gagner for help for uh, almost putting you in the hospital when he hurt your back. Okay, we're gonna put some size on you. We're gonna put some technique in you, and we're just gonna get you ready to have a fight with him, right? And then I think it was you know Fury wanted to become an AWF champion. You know he wanted to get redemption against Ben Hill for beating him, humiliating him, okay, destroying him. You know, and and he was gonna get revenge on Tristan Guilford or trying to regain the hardcore title. Okay, we were all, and then me, I was going to get a one-on-one confrontation, a one-on-one fight with Billy Jackson Bullard, okay? The guy who taught me how to fight. This is when the summer of 1999, this is where our training began. 
It started at your Jay's house from my house to your house, like a rotation kind of thing. And we grappled. We shoot trained. We started learning what guillotine was, ankle locks and leg locks and arm bars and chokeholds. We would put each other through tremendous amount of pain. And that's when we started studying Stu Hart's Dungeon of Wrestling. This is where we discovered shoot fighting, shooter, okay, real submission wrestling. Real shoot wrestling, Chris. That's what that's when the 799 brought the fire, the birth where I will one day become what DB2000 was all about. You became the fire to the end, Chris Dickens. Fury, Mass Fury, the man who did not wear a freaking mask, became known as the Lord of Hardcore. And what we're gonna call me? You are the survivor of pain, and you are the man. Who could not be beat. At the time, I couldn't be beat. At the time, it was almost like you could put me in a kind of pain. Here's the thing. People, here, here, here's what I got people to understand. This is why I came up with the name Survivor of Pain, right? It came up with a name where I'm trying to think, okay, what, what, what is it about? We, we were all talking about it one day. And I'm trying to think, well, what am I going to be called? You know, J-Hope came up with you, fired to the end, right? Mm-hmm. And they came up with the name Mask Fury. He didn't wear a mask. I, I, anyways... And then you got me, Bill Blanchard. You know, I couldn't be the hitman, Bill Blanchard. I couldn't be the stinger, Bill Blanchard. I couldn't be bulk, Bill Blanchard. I mean, it was all like, and I'm trying to think, what was it about me that made me? And my thing was, was overcoming depression, overcoming suicide. I had I had two suicide attempts in my life at that point, trying to overcome all the odds and obstacles. And then, like, when I get in the ring, I would survive the pain. You know, you can put me in the headlock and I counter. You put me in the ankle lock and I would counter. You put me in the arm bar and I would counter. I would counter. I would turn and put you in the hole and I'd make you submit. And then it hit me. I am the survivor of pain, Bill Blanchard. And that's how it got started. Yep. And for the longest time throughout AWF, as we said, you were undefeated. Yes. That's what, the undefeated streak started. The undefeated, the undefeated streak started really um, in AWF. I had my first match officially in AWF on July 31st, uh, 1999. Uh-huh. And believe it or not, the story was, you know, we I, uh, Hurricane Ben Hill, I agreed to defend his title. Now, you were there, okay? I was there. You know, I, I could understand this punk, okay? I think you and... I think the event was called, what, Tropical Depression? Supposed to be like our summer yeah. event, Tropical yeah, Depression. Yeah, Tropical Depression. And then I think you and you and Jay took on Chris Williams and Ben Hill, right? I wonder if they put the tag titles. Or what, 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 I it was think a tag so. match. It was a tag match. I don't, tag, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was for the tag. I think it was just a tag match. And then I remember Jay could say, remember your training. And Jay, ben got you to move. Let's face it, you just could not counter. I mean, you went in a lot of... Um, I mean, Ben Hill's face was a 300-pound dude. You end up on your stomach. He got hold of your ankle, and he yanked back in your ankle. What made me proud was you fought the pain as long as you could, okay? You fought the pain as long as you could. It's not like you just put the hold on you, then poof, you tapped out. You fought for a good three to four or five minutes before you finally did tap, right? But the main event, it was supposed to be for the title. Hurricane Ben Hill was going to defend the heavyweight title against me, the Survivor of Pain. My first official debut... You know, I was so psyched up, so fired up, right? And Ben Hill, first he says, 
You know, it's a five, it's a, it's it's a, it's a what ten minute time limit. They turned to a five minute time limit, and right before the bell start, oh, bottle, right before the bell start, okay, keep this in mind here. Who the hell is running AWF here? That's why that I never could understand. Okay, was it you? Was it Jay? Was it Ben? Alan Luke? Who the hell is running AWF here? Who lets this guy call the freaking shots? All of a sudden, for the bell rings. Oh, by the way, this is a non-title match. The bell rung, I grabbed this son of a bitch, I snapped at my freaking lethal headlock, took it right down to the ground, and immediately it went to the ground. I could hear his neck and jaw cracking as he tapped out. Eight seconds, bitch. I made up do tap out in eight seconds. <laughs> and he's telling the truth. It was eight seconds because we timed it. And we were all sitting there in shock like, oh my God, did he just, what? <laughs> if you blinked, you would have missed it. He tapped out in eight seconds. Next question. All right, so that started your undefeated streak. That started the undefeated streak. And you kept going through every person that came at you, every single person that would challenge you, from Tank Williams to Chip, to, to Guillotine Chip Williams, to even uh, Fury himself. Alan well, Luke. it's like this, the freaking freak out in front of guys. You know, let's talk about this here, okay? Do you remember uh, Shadow's Edge? Yes, I do. I took on the entire FON four against me, four on one. And I still beat those chumps. Beat them all. They tried to make all kind of rules, stipulations, a one-hour time limit. If they're touching from they had to freaking break the freaking hole. I freaking just grabbed all four of them through one freaking ground. I took out Alan Lou. I beat Brad Webb. You know, Y2B, yes to Bradley, boom. Or yes to Bounty, boom. He tapped out in seconds. Tank Williams said, the hell with us, and walked away. You know what I'm saying? Ben Hill tried to put me in the guillotine hold, and I smashed open his freaking nose. I took his ass right down to the ground. And he got mad like a freaking coward. And grabbed his stuff and the rest of them grabbed the freaking stuff and took off and left. And that right there disbanded the AWF. That was my first encounter with Alan Luke, other than uh the um last back I think I had in August. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that was the first time. I mean, it was hard, you know, I had a difficult road to get into the title because even then at the August show, if you remember correctly, was when okay, Ben Hill beat whoever. You know, whatever. Here's a freaking, here's a messed up thing. And I cussed out Alan to this day, right? He had survivor pain. He had mask theory, who, who didn't wear his mask that day for some reason. I don't know where he did, but that's right, he didn't have one. It took on Hurricane Ben Hill for the title. Triple threat, right? Right. And Alan says, but if one of y'all grab a certain part of his body, that's freaking hurt. You know, you're going to be automatically disqualified. What the heck? Which body part was it? Went to, I can't tell you. Okay, right off the bat, you know we're getting screwed. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I went right for that stump bitch, took his ass right down to the ground. Oh, Alan, my nose. All right, that's it. I'm disqualifying you. I shoved Alan's ass right down on the ground, cussed his ass out, calling him, you know what. And I started walking. Then all of a sudden, Ben Hill said, hey, Adrian Bell, he drops to the ground. I just retired. You know? And I said, I looked at Alan. Okay, Alan, what you going to do now? Well... I guess we can have a tournament. At least we got two guys to fight for it right now. And I said, I look to Jay, you want to fight for the boat? Sure. Jay said, sure. And I said, okay. I immediately walked right back down the freaking ring. And I said, let's get it on. And then all of a sudden, Ben says, oh, wait, 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 wait. I changed my mind, changed my mind. And picks his butt back up. And, and I go back out there. So what's the freaking deal? Bill, I know you want to beat me for this belt. So at the next month and everything, me and you get fight for the freaking belt. I'm like, fine. Now, do you know what happens next? 
Should I continue the story? Continue the story. Continue the freaking story. What the freak happened next freaking month? September chain reaction. Your pay-per-view. My pay-per-view. Your pay-per-view. My God, dude. Okay, explain this to me. You grew up with this guy since second grade. What was this bastard's dream to be a champion, right? Yeah. He wants to be the champion of the world. He wanted to be known like Ric Flair, the dirtiest player in the game. The dirtiest player in the game or the biggest kiss ass I've ever seen, okay? Here's a a true story. Remember this time, 47 minutes and 21 seconds. I'm still talking. Mask Fury, okay? Y'all, this great UCW legend, this great guy everybody respects, who thinks he's he thinks he's the most loyal person there is. This son of a bitch is loyal to himself. Okay, here's a freaking why. When DP2000 was formed, we were a band of brothers who fought for a cause. We were trying to bring respect. Back to the AWF championship, to all championships. Because when I was told FON, Hurricane Ben Hill, would have guys lay down to him. And for some of you smart marks out there who the fuckest idea what I'm talking about is, hey, lay down me freaking this, I'm going to throw a fight because I've got no balls. I can't beat you for real. I tell you what, list full of fans. I'll lay down for you, you try and lay down for me. Yeah. Okay? And what the hell that son bitch did right in freaking front of me. You know, at his house, at Legends Field, as he will call it, in his front yard, he took on Ben Hill for the title. Ben Hill gets him in some kind of rear naked choke, holding him down, and all of a sudden, his shoulders were pinned. Me being a dumbass that think think none of the wise, I'm refereeing the match. I counted three. One, two, three. Ben let go and says, oh, fuck, I wasn't paying attention. And Jay rolled around and go, oh, my God, I'm the champion. I'm the champion. <laughs> and he's crying. Boys, he is throwing down the tears, boys and girls. Bill, I'm the champion on my birthday. <laughs> he calls Chris Dickens. Hey, you were working at IJM, right? Yeah. He comes to you with a bell. Oh, Chris, I beat Ben. I beat Ben. What'd you say? You did? You did? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I be Ben. I'm the man. I'm the one that did it. I brought the bill home to DP. And I'm so excited for this, man. I'm giving him hugs. I'm high fine. Dinner's on me, boys. I'm buying everybody's steak. We went to freaking Ryan's and filled our guts up. And then wait till you came off work because Chain Reaction was your pay per view, Chris. It's all about you. And the tag team bucks was going to be on the line because the birth of the Pain Foundation. So Fiber of Pain and the Fire of the End, Kurt Stiggins. If you're missing it right now, we're at 49 minutes and 41 seconds. The birth of the Pain Foundation for the World Tag Team Championships. Yes, the Fiber of Pain. You've got Kurt Stiggins versus Fury and the guy he fought that night, Hurricane Ben Hill. Now, what kind of crap was up with this? Now, I want you to tell some parts of the story. This was a tag match, a tag team title match. Winner take all of the tag team titles. Now, at one point, I took Ben down the ground, hurt Ben to a point where he's able to tag out Mr. Fury. Mm-hmm. Fury gets back into the ring here, okay? Keep in mind, y'all fans, he is the new heavyweight champion. Oh, Bill, I won the title. This is my dream come true. My mama came and saw me do it, too. Oh! Okay. Now, what happened in this tag match again, Chris, when you were uh, wrestling uh, Fury? What's that type of conspiracy going on here? What was going on, brother? And what do you mean, um, you gotta be specific, because it's been a few years and a couple of chair shots later. Okay, uh, let's refresh your memory yes. here, boss. Jay, we don't want Ben wearing the tag team belt. You got to freaking lay down. 
Okay, Chris. Oh, he's face down on the ground. He's really hurting you. And I'm screaming out your name. Chris, tag me. No, Bill. I have to do this on my own, Bill. I have to do this on my own, Bill. I have to do this on my own, Bill. Okay, do it on your own, Chris. And y'all still go. And he's still taking you down. What are you doing? I'm not going to lay down to you. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I remember, because it was, it, it, I, I was thinking in the back of my mind that, you know, we were all in this together, and I was like, okay, we can't let Ben have these belts, Jay. You know, what do you think? You think you're really going to be tag team partners with Ben Hill and FON? What are you doing? You know, you got to let the belts come home to us. And, and I'll but I'm not going to lay down, Chris. That was the thing. <laughs> At 51 was... minutes and 33 seconds, I'm not going to lay down, Chris. <laughs> I, I was... can't lay down. Chris, that's not my style. Yeah. I'm not going to lay down. Talk about integrity. Yeah, that was he integrity. won't lay down. He won't lay down. <laughs> but the thing was, is that it, I was young and naive thinking that. And he took me down to the ground. You're like, tag me, Chris. Tag me. We got to, like, like, I can do this on my own. I can do this on my own. I and you were getting your ass kicked. I was getting my ass kicked. I was trying to get up. And I was like, okay, it's time to uh, go to the ground with that. Oh, no, I'm not laying down to you. Like, what? You're about to, you're, we're, you're, we're in this team together. No, I'm in it to win. I, I, I don't go out like that. Yeah, Fury doesn't lay down, down to nobody. <laughs> exactly. And at that point is when I was like, okay, I gotta get you back in. Yep. So figured out the hot tag, the hot tag, right? The hot tag, right? Boom! You here? Here comes the vibe of pain. I'm looking right at Fury. Boom! I put him in the freaking headlock. Boom! I put his ass in the ground. Boom! I put him in the arm bar. And the was, oh no, no! And you know, Mama Kenway's rescue. Don't break his arm, Bill. Don't worry, Mom. No. You know, and I let go of the hole. And the referee time to stop the match because Fury could not want to continue. Because I, 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 one more second, I would have ripped his arm out of his socket. Then he's gonna brag. Y'all won the match, but I didn't tap out. I didn't tap out. I don't lay down to nobody. Keep in mind, he said he don't lay down to nobody. Chris, did he say it? No, me. Yeah, You're a witness. Says, I don't lay down. I, I, I don't lay down. Fury does not back down. Fury does not lay down. And then, my God, you know, uh, Chris, what happened two weeks later? Oh, he finally admitted that uh, him and Ben. No, 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 no. Two weeks later, the rematch, fans. Oh, yeah, the rematch, fans. The rematch of the century. It's going to be Mask Fury, who you forgot to wear his mask. Take it, the defending champion going one-on-one with the former champion, Hurricane Ben Hill. It's the match of the century, folks. The biggest pay-per-view in the history of professional wrestling. Real Greco-Roman shoot-style fighting. It's Mask Fury versus Hurricane Ben Hill with Alan Luke and Jimmy Clyde together. Special guest co-referees. I think it's going to be a no-hose bar. I'm so excited. Get your tickets now. All ticket hold households. <laughs> My God, I'm getting so fired up. I'm getting so psyched up. We're going to finally get to see it. The rematch. The rematch. And as the match goes, the bell freaking rings. Fury takes on the offense. He's going toe-to-toe with Hurricane. But Hurricane, the hungry former champion who wants his title back. And all of a sudden, he pulls stuff from his pants. What has been his gun? What is that? Oh, no. He clobbers. Fairy with some plastic toddler keys. <laughs> plastic keys that only babies play with. And Fury is laid out. Fury out of the fight. He's not even moving. His eyes are in the back of his head. Fury on the ground. 
and Hurricane you fight and struggles and puts one arm over his chest. The referee looking dumb and stung, okay? One, two, Fury's not moving, and three, and Hurricane regains the heavyweight champion. He beats the man who doesn't lay down. He beats the man who doesn't retreat. He doesn't surrender. The Lord of Hardcore just got knocked out by toddler plastic <laughs> keys from Babies R Us. <laughs> Google Gaga. Oh my God. <laughs> and as Bill, he runs around with his hands raised. The champ is here. I'm the greatest. The champ is here. And he's looking at Ellen. I just want to say one thing to my boy at home. Yo, Alan, I did it! Oh, God. <laughs> but as the spectator, Alan says, Come on, Jimmy, that looked fake to you! And as Hurricane walks around to a knocked out, clearly unconscious, who hasn't moved yet, that was real, let me show you. And as, and as Hurricane drops his big boot on Fury's nuts, boom, life resurrection. Oh! And Fury walks up from the grave after I kicked it in nuts. Conspiracy theories here, Chris. What do you think happened? Oh, uh, that was simple planning on both their parts. We do it from the jump. We saw it with our eyes and our mouths gaped open, like, what, what the, the hell? hell just happened? Because you were there, right? Yeah, I was standing right beside you. We we're watching, like, is it, what are, are those key? What the hell? What are you, one, two, did he just, he laid down. We knew it right. It was like, he laid down. What the hell did like, he do what that the for? Hell? After we confronted him and cussed his ass out, like, what the hell just freaking happened? The man who claims he never lays down, the man who claims he has integrity, folks, he's loyal, folks. I just want to be champion, Bill. So I laid down. Ben Hill laid down to me, and in return the favor, I laid down to him. Ben Hill came to me and says, I know I can't beat Bill, but I tell you what, though, I need want that Bill. If I lay down to you, and after you dispose of Bill... Turn around and lay down to me. Terry says, okay, I'll do it. I wanted to be champion, Bill. That's why I did it. Dude, I want to sl- I slapped the piss out of his damn face. I remember that, too. You slapped him, and he, he just turned and looked at you, and he walked off. Yeah. I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Then what the hell were we freaking fighting for, then? You know, if we're supposed to be fighting for honor, integrity, and respect, all went out the two with a, a a pair of keys from Babies R Us. Boom. Laid Fury out. Unconscious. Uncle, the Lord of Hardcore <laughs> got knocked out by Toddler Keys fans. Keep this in mind. Toddler Keys. And Chris, you've been hit with fluorescent light bulbs, flaming tables, barbed wire, Daniel Main's pickup truck. Yeah. You've never been knocked out. Well, by Survivor Pain you did, my but not by Babies R Us plastic keys. I mean, those must have been some very deadly keys. I mean, oh man! Well, well they did come out. Is, well, anything deadly in my hands is uh, anything in my hands is deadly when I swing it. Well, I mean, uh, on the technicality, anything that's in his pants is deadly too. Yeah, I mean, so, so, it was three hundred plus pounds of lard and fat at the time. Yeah, exactly. So but, I'll keep this in mind. Now, now, so now let's move forward here. You know, we're going into Hell's Fury, the November show. All titles are vacated, right? Yes. So all the championships are vacated. The two big battle royals, right? Yeah. Whereas one battle world, I think, was actually for the uh, Georgia Southern title. And all Fury kept saying was, Mask Fury at the time, he keeps forgetting his mask. 
and keep saying that I gotta win one more title and I'll be the icon. I'll be the icon. When did Fury win the hardcore title? I don't remember when he. He always swerves up and down. He beats you first for the hardcore title. Alan says bullshit, fucking nonsense. So I'm trying to think when was Fury the hardcore champion? I don't remember exactly when that happened because he tried to say that. If he he had won if he won the Georgia Southern title, then he would would have won all the titles. And I'm trying really trying to think between March of 1999 to November 1999, when did Fury actually win the hardcore title? I I, I started racking my brain about this, and then you know I don't remember when either. I first came in the picture in June. Tristan Guilford was the hardcore champion, okay, and by him never showing up and defending it. I mean, I mean, I don't understand. He always claims he wanted some type of match between you and him, or somehow he got stripped. I don't understand. I'm going to have to ask Alan in jail on that particular uh, subject. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he claims if he won one more title, he's going to be known as the first icon of AWF. I'm trying to say what Shawn Michaels did, winning out the belts would be him the icon because he yeah. won the European strap, WF tag. Well, anyways, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, sure. So like, so like going into this matchup, the Battle Royal. Okay, yep, Fury did not winning the Battle Royal. You know, and then the next battle world we did was was gonna determine the hardcore champion, the world champion. No, I'm sorry, the first battle world was gonna determine the hardcore and join the southern champion. So whoever got eliminated was gonna win one freaking particular belt. You know, so after I eliminated someone, so I turned around, Fury and pushed me outside the ring. To keep this in mind, fans, it was just four posts in a row. All you had to do was freaking one foot would touch outside the freaking ring. Boom, you're eliminated just like that. You know, it's one of those comments like everybody just kind of pushing and shoving each other. You know, kind of deal. But, hey, I won the hardcore strap. So, I mean, kudos for me. You know, no belt didn't mean much at that time. I was going for the world title that night, and which I did. In the tag team titles, and the world title was the main event in the main battle royal. That's when me and you won the um, the tag, title. tag titles. And I think I ended up eliminating somebody. I think I might have been the U at the end. Me and you were in the finals at the end. You know, we already eliminated Jay right off the get-go. And then yeah. Ben Hill got eliminated. Allen got eliminated. Chip got eliminated. D'Angelo, Tim Gagner, Chris Williams. All of them got eliminated. Me and you were in the last two. And me and you grappled around, grappled around. Finally, I ended up grabbing both your freaking feet and just kind of dragged you out until I put both your feet on the ground. And then I won the ADF heavyweight strap. And then at that same time, the, 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 the next thing got in would have been tag tiles with his tag team partner, which I was your tag team partner, so it kind of worked out. Me and you were the tag team champions, and I was the heavyweight champion and the hardcore champion. I worked out with three straps tonight. Pretty impressive, yeah. if you don't mind me saying so. And everybody looked at me a little differently that night, Yes, too. they did, because we were, we were in the finals. So our goals, needless to say, were met, man. Yep. So let's uh, let's let's move forward from this. Cause, let's uh, go, bro. We're, we're rolling on. Uh, hey, we're throwing some good so, shit here, man. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, let's extend it out a little bit further. Let's um, go, bro. I don't want to touch on... Uh, the summer of 2000, it, it's a touchy subject, and we're going to go past that. But That's we're, fine. Hey, I want to hey, roll, roll into when you started getting ready for Marines. Which one? I want you to tell the world why you chose the Marine Corps and what your experiences were like in the Corps when you first got to Paris Island. Well, you know, at the time, I was trying to decide between the United States Army and the Marine Corps. I wasn't really interested in the Air Force or the Navy. You know, the Army recruiter was trying to get me the Marine Corps. You know, I was initially going to join the Army Reserves. It was actually Jay's father, which I call him Dave T. He's a retired gunner sergeant from the Marine Corps, 
when they first mentioned me I'm wanting to join the Marine Corps and I said, Jay, I'm not trying to commit suicide. I'm trying I'm I'm, I'm trying to get over committing suicide, right? And but like Jay's daddy showed me a video about their boot camp. It was called Forge with Spirit and Pride. Mm-hmm. And everything I thought those guys could do, I'm like, I, I can do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I know if I train right, running and doing pull-ups and push-ups and sit-ups and, and having a good mindset, I'm seeing what guys are going through. It made me believe. And I got oh, I owe all this to AWF. My parents always tell me wrestling and AWF or wrestling period would not amount to nothing in my life. I would not have accomplished nothing in my life. And I'm here proudly to say I proved them wrong. No, I never made it to the NWA, nor to made the WF, but you know something? No, wrestling gave me confidence. It gave me self-confidence. It gave me self-discipline that I could survive the physical training that the Marine Corps was going to offer, okay? Mm-hmm. And I knew, and I, I'll listen, I'm a, I'm a religious person too, I knew that I could do all things that Christ strengthened me, okay? I had all that in my mind. So when I talked to the recruiter, you know, eventually I had to work on the ass a little bit, pass the ass that test. I'm working out with the recruiter every day, working out with Jay. Jay at the time could not do a pull-up, dude. Could not yeah, do a single, single pull-up. Single pull-up. Yeah, at the time, I was knocking about seven or eight, ten pull-ups, you know. I could do the mile-and-a-half run, no troubles, crutches, no problem. And when Sergeant Stone did a three-mile run to us, I did it. I made it, no problem. Um, So, like, yeah, so when I get to Paris Island, first 36 hours, Chris, you didn't get sleep. You want to talk about about a third or fourth day there, drone instructors are are in your face yelling and screaming, okay? Sir, yes, sir! Get on line! Sir, yes, sir! You know, and they're up in your damn face saying the most imaginable worst things possible. And they had a nickname for me, too. I was recruit Homer Simpson. Because my, <laughs> if you shave my freaking head and look at me, I have a little small little string of hair, my beard would go back so freaking fast. They thought I was Homer. I always recruit Homer. And don't. I had to go, don't, all the time. Don't, all the freaking time, you know. But you know what, though? It was the most challenging mentally um, thing I've ever did in my entire life. I mean... I mean, from the three miles, the five miles, the seven miles, the nine miles, ten mile runs we had to do, from the pull-ups, the crunches, the Marine Corps history, the rifle rings, the gas chambers, the propeller towers, everyday life, dealing with drilling, every every second, every free time we had, we were drilling, rifle drills, marching drills. I mean, you're learning all, you're putting so much stuff in your head, and you're being pushed to the limit. And I went during the summer. One of the hardest times of the year. From May 29th to August 24th, I was at Paris Island. And, you know, climbing the rope was challenging for me. It took a couple of times where I finally got it right. You know, going through the obstacle course. Um, swim call, pass on call, no trouble. You know, I qualified with the M16. And I, I just remember my friend who went to the Army, Joe Perez, said it's impossible to hit a target from 500 yards. Bro, I freaking did. I hit out of ten tries. I hit seven times out of ten. I thought I was pretty good. From you know, who never fired an M16 before. I did really well at the rifle range, you know. And um, now the propeller tower was challenging because I'm afraid of heights. Yeah, I look down. I get scared. I'm a tall person. You know what I'm saying? So imagine them trying to convince me to jump out a propeller tower or do the damn wall. Dude, they actually pushed me the first time. And I freaking fell all the freaking way to the ground and skin from my up from my uh hip area all the way up to my rib cage, rope burns all mm. over, bro. I had three heat strokes. I almost died the day of the crucible, the last day. I collapsed, you know what I'm saying? 
I was in 110 degree weather carrying about 50 pounds worth of gear in a freaking heavy set uniform. I mean, dude, literally my whole uniform was soaking wet of sweat and tears. And I had at the end of the uh, crucible, the, the, the crucible, uh, Christopher, is three days. All right. Mm -hmm. 54 hours big set of 40 miles of forest march and obstacles and trades that you're getting maybe two hours sleep um, when, in, that, in that time period as well. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it pushed you mentally, physically, psychologically, whatever you want to call it. But by the end, I was able to carry my platoon. Sirius got on flag, and I marched all the way to the parade deck. You know, I'm standing there on one leg, and I had no flesh at the bottom of my feet. Mm -hmm. I, dude, I was bandaged up so freaking bad. Blood going through my bandages. I'm standing there on one leg. Couldn't hardly feel. I couldn't feel my right leg no more. You know, but I made it. And the E-Globe and Anchor put the E-Globe and Anchor in my hand and said, congratulations, Marine. I knew from the moment I met UNJ, everything we went through in AWF, all of it. People don't understand, we did, we did hours of training. Man, we were doing push-ups, sit-ups, we were running. Man, we were going to the gym. We were fighting each other. It seemed like on a daily basis, wrestling-wise. Yeah. And I truly believe it strengthened my body, strengthened my mind to be able to survive Marine Corps boot camp, the hardest boot camp this world has to offer. You know, the challenge becoming a United States Marine. And I'll never forget it, man. Yeah. And it, and being a Marine offered you a lot of memories. And one of the ones that you proudly boast about the most is the wrestling match on Mount Fuji. Mm -hmm. I want to close out this episode. We'll roll into another one in okay, the fine. second episode. But I want you to tell the story of Mount Fuji. Because I think the world needs to hear it. Well, you know, there, there, there are two things about Mount Fuji. Um, that was my first overseas due session was Okinawa, Japan. And when I was in Okinawa, Japan, half my platoon went somewhere, and I went, they went to the Philippines, and I went to Japan, mainland Japan. And when I got to Mount Fuji, uh, I, we were doing Marine Corps mixed martial arts training. Mm -hmm. And I was in there with the scout snipers platoon. And I was the only guy in my platoon that was being there, you know. And we had a, a one of our qualifications to come at Graybill. We had to compete in a graphic tournament, you know, that our instructor held, you know, at Camp Fuji in Japan, right, mm -hmm. inside the dojo. And the only skills I learned I had is what I learned in AWF and what Billy Jackson Buller taught me. And I, whenever I learned from there and, and Rinko mixed martial arts, so we're on the mat doing amateur wrestling moves, takedowns, and submission holds out of 11 matches, okay? I won nine and I lost the last two out of pure exhaustion. I was, I beat, I beat, and the guys that beat me have already beat them once already. You know, saying which was kind of, it was kind of interesting. I, I won nine matches, and it was, it was a point system too. Who basically get the most submissions in thirty minutes? Okay. Yep. And we got submission, rotated, rotated, dude. Every person I'm in, I ended up submitting them, submitting them, submitting. Them. I submitted all the snipers, you know, and so I won uh, the Marine Corps Gray Belt. Uh, uh, mixed martial art tournament at, at Camp Fuji, Mount Fuji, Japan, right? Mm -hmm. Defeat all the scout snipers. So I actually say I won a tournament in Japan. All that in high regard. Two days after that, which was uh, October 22nd, 2002, we ended up climbing up Mount Fuji over 12,000 feet mountain up top of the mountain. It took, it took us about 12 to 14 hours, I think, to get up there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? From, from, a, from a forest hike. And we got on top of the mountain, which I got a picture of my room. You can see it right there. I, one of the things I want to do, you know, my, my two friends I, I was marching with, you know, one's from Chicago and one's from California, 
you know, uh, Miller, who was a kung fu expert, martial artist, very, this guy's like very good uh, a martial art fighter. And unfortunately, I can't find a picture where me and him kind of, kind of sparred a little bit at the bottom. You know, if we got the tie, we sparred a little bit, but I ended up taking on um, Gonzalez, Lance Corporal Gonzalez, like I said, I think it's from San Diego, uh, California, if I remember correctly. And it was really, really cool. You know, it was still daylight when we got up top of there. We left probably about, man, 4 o'clock in the morning. So it must have been like 4, 4.30, maybe 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It was still plenty of daylight, right? Yeah. And no, I say that bad. We left about 2 o'clock in the morning. We were there about noon. About 2 o'clock in the morning we started, and we got there probably about noon. I think it's about noonish time when we got there. Cause it took us six hours to get down. So about 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. we made it down. Okay, I'm cool. I'm tracking now. Anyways, 12 hours to get up, mm-hmm. 6 hours to get down, right? Right. So... Wrestling Gonzalez and everything, you know, I said, hey, dude, do me a favor, man. Miller takes a picture of us. Man, we got to freaking fight. We got to freaking wrestle. I'm going to tap up Mount Fuji. This is the same mountain Godzilla and King Kong fought in the 60s, man. I have heard so many stories about Mount Fuji, and it did not break me. I climbed all the way to the top. I was not hurting. My legs weren't killing me. I wasn't sucking wind. I wasn't passing out. Dude, I was so fired up when I climbed that mountain, right? So I wanted to wrestle on top of Mount Fuji. And Gonzalez says, hell yeah, man, let's do it, you know? And he's a Hispanic kid and everything, but he's a real good guy, man. We were really good. We were good workout buddies. He was a big wrestling fan, I think. You know, he loved Ray Mysterio. And I was a big Kurt Angle fan and, you know, Bret Hart fan. And, you know, so we were wrestling, you know, and call me crazy. You know, um, I submitted him to the headlock and we locked up. And guy says, hey, y'all should do one of those big wrestling moves, right? So we went out again. I remember I picked him up. I slammed him on the rocks. There's a lot of rocks, right? And I got, he was like, sharpshooter, sharpshooter. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I hooked him up and put him in a sharpshooter, turned him over, and I sat down. He was tapping, and Miller took a beautiful picture when I had him in the sharpshooter. You know, dude, it was awesome. Like I say, it's, it's, it's right over there, bro, if you haven't seen it. I got the sharpshooter on Gonzalez on top of Mount Fuji, Japan. I'm staring at it right now, actually. I put the, I planted the American flag on the top with my walking stick, and I put I got Gonzalez right there. You can see I got him in a sharpshooter. I'm gonna take a picture of it. I'm gonna post it onto the shootout Facebook page so the world can see it. Sweet, it is sweet, awesome, sweet. But we're gonna go ahead and wrap up on this one. We're gonna continue with the Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard, the original host of the shootout. Because I'm taking over. Next episode, we're gonna jump into the future. And oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Before we go. I, I, I gotta clarify something. Okay. You know, you know what I said when I was gonna um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna clarify this one time for the so-called founding followers of AWF. When I joined AWF, I took my promotion, Brawl Fight Championship Wrestling, merged it with AWF. So my creation came with AWF. So that labeled me as one of the founding followers too of y'all sport because my legacy, everything I was doing there, I merged in with AWF. As you know, when one company merges with another, along comes the history. Yes. Thank you. That's so, so I want to clarify. It is that. official. Survivor pay, that Mr. Bill Blanchard is one of the founding fathers of Who helped got AWF on the map, I might add. Yeah, I agree with if that. If it wasn't for me, you fat asses wouldn't have ate. <laughs> Y'all would have had a ride in the shows. <laughs> Who bought the first camera? I okay, I rented the first camera from ASU. <laughs> You know, who got the who got the third camera out of the pawn shop? Out the guy who bought the uh, first camera in the pawn shop. All right, we're out of time. For yeah, yeah. We'll you on the next episode, tune in next week of the shootout for the next installment with Mister Survivor of Pain himself, Bill Blanchard. Oorah!